and I hope we're live. Hello, everybody. Is the CTSS quiz October 22nd? Uh, not October 22nd, October 2022 edition. But it is the 20th, and in two days it'll be the 22nd. And maybe you're watching on the 22nd, not the 20th, but who knows. Anyway, we've been having some issues with Facebook. When I do the videos, my smiling face works fine, but it's these other ones that give us a pain. So we're in Lily's office doing this now. Okay, I got nine cases for you. Let's cut to the chase here. Nine cases, nine great cases. Incidental finding. There's a mass in the left adrenal. The adrenal is about six centimeters. The mass is about 30 Hounsfield units. What could it be? Could be a lipid poor adenoma, but I don't know. It's big. Could be a MET. If the patient had a history. Could be a primary adrenal cortical carcinoma, possibly. Could be a pheo. Could be a lot of things on a non-contrast scan. Contrast, it's enhancing central necrosis peripheral enhancement. Again, has doesn't have the look of an adenoma. Could be a MET. Doesn't have the look of a myelolipoma. Could be a pheo. Could be a primary HCC. Here it is again. Again, peripheral enhancement. Central low density, pushing on the kidney. Contralateral adrenal looks good. Here's the washout. Kind of washes out totally. If you were measuring a washout value, of course, when you have central low density, you can't do a washout. But whatever it is, washed out pretty impressively. Theos wash out pretty impressively. Mets, particularly renal cell, could also wash out very quickly. Here it is with cinematic. Nicely showing you the necrosis coronal cinematic. And guess what? This was a pheochromocytoma. Really good case showing the spectrum of pheochromocytomas. Another case, incidental finding, small atrophic calcified adrenal glands bilaterally. You can get calcified adrenals due to hemorrhage, but then it's usually peripheral. But these are small atrophic glands. What could this be? Usually it's infection. TB, histo are the two most common. Small atrophic glands. Wolman's disease could give you long, thin glands with calcification, but dense, coarse calcifications, you gotta think of granulomatous disease, gotta think about prior TB. Okay. Back pain. Wow, what a big mass. Again, could it be liver, could it be adrenal, could it be kidney, retroperitoneum? We're in the adrenal, so it's an adrenal mass. It's a 15 centimeter mass. The more you look, you see the kidneys pushed, the liver's pushed, and there's high density. What could this be? Well, it looks like a big bleed. It could be a primary ACC that bled. It could be a MET that bled. It could be a FIO that bled. And it could be even an adenoma that bled. Though when we see, see, see something really large, we think it's not going to be an adenoma. It could be an angiomyolipoma that bled. That's a possibility. See the blood here again. Big mass. Now, truthfully, maybe it's not that big. Maybe it's a four centimeter mass that has a massive bleed. I guess that's a possibility. This was, again, the differential I mentioned, including ACC, FEO, MET, are all in the ballpark. And in that ballpark, guess what happened when we did the study? surgery, it was an adenoma. I just want to say adenomas can bleed. We've seen a bunch of them that are large. And although when things are large, you think about malignancy, I want you to at least consider when you see a bleed and a typical presentation of an adrenal adenoma. 
A really, really great example, if I have to say so myself. Okay, let's go to kidney. Hematuria. We're looking for stones on a non-contrast, but there's a soft tissue density in the renal pelvis. When you see that, it could be a large non-opaque stone, not very likely. Could be a blood clot, possibly. More likely, you gotta think about a mass. When you give contrast, you can see it as well. And when you look at the coronal, you can see that filling defect right there and there. Yes, a blood clot's in differential. A fungus ball, the world famous fungus ball is the differential. The calyces are not really dilated, but there's the mass. Blood clot, non-opaque stone tumor. If it's a tumor, it's a TCC. There it is again, but when you look hard, it looks like irregularity in the pelvis, which makes you think malignancy. This is TCC, left renal pelvis. A really nice example, again, the important info on the non-contrast, and then the late phase, excretory phase, very, very important. I even wonder if there's something in the left ureter there wasn't. Back pain. Non-contrast scans, you see the aorta with calcification, lots of soft tissue. Is this an aneurysm? Is this a bleed? Kidneys are not obstructed. I went the wrong direction. Here we go. Kidneys are not obstructed. Soft tissue infiltrating around the aorta, around the renal arteries, around the SMA. What could this be? Could it be lymphoma, particularly treated lymphoma? That's a thought. Could it be IG4 disease? That's a thought. Look at the coronal. Now you see the infiltration along the aorta and the common iliac arteries. Soft tissue infiltration. Now, when you think of retroperitoneal fibrosis, that would be a good thing to think about, but usually I think about hydronephrosis. There's no hydro here, but look. Duplicated system on the right, single renal uh, pelvis and ureter on the left, but the ureters are pulled medially. Lymphoma, you push the ureters laterally. When you come medial like this, that's the classic appearance of retroperitoneal fibrosis with the ureters being dragged medially and often obstructed. The patients will develop hydronephrosis. Just a really good example of retroperitoneal fibrosis. Okay, another case. Let's go over to GI. There's a mass in the left upper quadrant. This patient with left upper quadrant pain. Okay, where is this mass? Now you'll need to look at more images. But there's the spleen, there's the pancreas, it's not that. This is the stomach. Probably I'm not tricking you with a gist hanging off the stomach. There's a mass here. And when you look, there's the mass going down. Stomach okay, pancreas okay, spleen okay. It's really the colon. We're near the splenic flexure and there's an intersusception. A beautiful example of an intersusception. So if I go back, there's the swirl, there's the fat. That's the swirling pattern. You can see the mass here, swirling down into susceptible. Into susceptible large bowel. Could be benign tumor, lipoma, fibroma, myoma, malignancy, adenocarcinoma, malignancy, lymphoma. Lymphoma often involves terminal ileum intersecum, or TI, with, or multiple small bowel, occasionally large bowel. What else could this be? You always gotta think about METs. And these days when I say METs, you gotta think about melanoma. This was melanoma presenting with intersusception in the region of the patient's splenic flexure. A really excellent case.
Okay, a couple spleens to close the day. Big spleen, low density mass. You can go through all the differentials. It's not a cyst, it's not a hematoma, it's not a hemangioma. The more you look at it, the worse it looks. You can see it's infiltrating, expanding the splenic pulp. You gotta think of malignancy. Angiosarcoma, not vascular enough. Mets, eh, likely a big met. Lymphoma is what I always think about. Sarcoid can involve the spleen, multiple lesions often in the liver as well. But here's a large mass infiltrating the upper portion of the spleen. This is classic, highly suspicious for lymphoma. This was a primary B-cell lymphoma of the spleen. Wonderful case. Another spleen, this is under the category of a really big spleen. Mild textural changes, large lesion. The spleen is down into the pelvis. Look at it going from left upper quadrant to right lower quadrant. There it is with cinematic, a huge spleen. What gives you huge spleens? Things like leukemia, CML, AML, polycythemia vera. This is a humongous spleen, obviously palpable, huge. I don't see any real infarcts. It's like an infiltrating process. And this was myelofibrosis patient with polycythemia vera. Just a wonderful example of a huge spleen. Splenomegaly is in many diseases, but the ones that I mentioned, massive splenomegaly, hematologic disorders, CML, AML, polycythemia vera, infiltrative conditions, gauchets, and occasionally things like malaria. Here's a long list of splenomegaly causes, but again, think about infiltration. So you're thinking leukemia, gauchets, occasionally infection. All right, pancreas, what can I show you? Great case, Taylor pancreas, body junction, vascular lesion, enhancement. Enhancement, and it looks somewhat cystic. Boom, neuroendocrine tumor, next case. No dilated duct. Looks like a neuroendocrine tumor, nicely shown on the 3D volume rendering coronal. There it is again, okay. A neuroendocrine tumor, next case. Here it is again on the venous. Enhancement, cystic. Well, it should be a neuroendocrine, but I've shown you a bunch of cases in the past where one of the most confusing lesions is a serous adenoma. Sometimes we see a draping vessel, we see vascularity. Sometimes, obviously, serous adenoma is typically a cystic, can be oligocystic, can be polycystic, but it can be, and this was a great case, relatively small vascular periphery, some cystic component, even though I know the answer, I'm still saying this looks like a peanut to me. Neuroendocrine tumor, a MET theoretically, and eh, I don't like that too much. But serous adenoma, the many faces of serous adenoma, always there to catch you in a case. And that's the end. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm sorry we were late, but if you weren't here and you're listening to it later, it's like watching an SNL skit on Sunday morning. You never knew if the people were on time or they were late. So let me just say, we were on time. And you're late. Anyway, it's great to see everybody from afar. Have a great day.